You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey, Clancy, you remember how when we used to drive to work? Uh, when we used to what to wear? And we would just put on a podcast or a book and learn something passively while doing something else like driving. Is that why people listen to us to learn? Oh, I hope not. No, uh, they should listen to us to laugh. To learn, they should check out Knowable. It's a new app where experts offer audio courses in leadership, business, wellness, and more. Okay, well, this sounds perfect for me. Sometimes I have a hard time reading ad copy, much less entire books. Yeah, and Knowable courses are perfect for that. With fun 10-minute daily audio lessons from top thinkers, experts, authors, and weekly live discussions, it's perfect for multitasking. So it's like Spotify for personal development? Yeah, that's a solid elevator pitch. Good job. Comprehensive podcast-style audio courses. What are they about? Well, there's a course on improv that the UCB did and another one on launching a startup with a founder of Reddit, uh, Alexis Sohanian. Oh, so I could learn improv while doing chores? Yes, and you could start doing chores. How dare you? Get hundreds of hours of educational content with Knowable's entire library of courses, all ad-free at a special rate of $50 a year for a limited time. But guess what? You can get an extra 20% off for being one of our listeners. Just download the Knowable app and use code NONPLUSSED for 20% off your subscription and tap into the knowledge of 200 experts at the top of their field ad-free. Again, just download the Knowable app and use code NONPLUSSED for 20% off your first subscription. I'll think to that. And one for Mahler. Okay, I gotta. I'm just gonna get lost in my childhood, and that's. Look, none of us have the psychology degree for that today. Another episode of Non Plus to Gay Romp through the Disney Plus Vault. That over there is my husband Clancy. And over there is my husband Josh. And this is Non Plus, a mischief media podcast. Hello, hello, hello. We're back. We Our are. AC was out. Our AC was we out. It was a terrible week. It was awful, but thankfully we got it repaired before the 100 degree temperatures came. Absolutely. But there was no way. I mean, I mentioned it last episode ahead of. Um, our rewind, which I, we hope you enjoyed listening to Luca again. Yeah. There would have been no way to stay comfortable in this room without portable ACs, which are, as I mentioned, then anathema to recording. So we're happy to be back in a cool room that you can't hear the AC. In. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but we are back refreshed and cold. We're back on track, as promised, with ch 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 chip and uh, Rescue yeah. Rangers. But before we get into that, first, Mischief Merch has new pride merch. Yes. We've got the big gay nerd shirt yep. and the little gay nerd shirt. Little and there's also shirt. a yes hat. Yes. 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 You're going to hear this halfway through pride. Yeah. But uh, I, the stuff will still be there. So go buy no, it. And pride is more than a month, girls. Right. Like it is. Look, we're going to mm -hmm. be wearing our big and little gay nerd shirts year round, people. And you should Absolutely. be too. There's also still time to get ready for Broadway Con with this brand new merch line for Which this year's super event. Super cute. Super cute. Summer in the city tank tops, uh, yoga shorts. There's a mug. And then also 
in an ode to the very first Broadway con that was snowed out yeah. in a blizzard. Yeah. We've got Lupone's pizza delivery patches and t-shirts. You asked me what this was about. During the first Broadway con, remember I was there, there was a blizzard. We had to cancel a bunch of shit. Yes. One of the programs that we ended up doing was what is now called the Broadway con party line. Yeah. Where all of the people who were running and putting on and operating the uh, con uh-huh. sat on stage and went through their phone to see who all was in their phones from Broadway. Yeah. And we called Patty Lapone uh-huh. and we FaceTimed her and yeah. she was at her home warm next to a fire drinking a brandy and she offered to send everyone pizza. So that's what this is about. And it's delightful, and I'm here for what it. What a journey. Isn't it, though? <laughs> My God. All of that for Lupone's Pizza Delivery. Also, if you need some marvelous flip-flops for the summer, you can use code NONPLUS10 on any of the NONPLUS flippies, the Miss Captain Marvel flippies, the Wanda's Hex flippies, any Marvel flippies, any Marvel stuff. We really need to get some NONPLUS flippies up in here. We, we don't do. have any. We don't. And we need to get some. Use that code NONPLUS10 for 10% off. Uh, absolutely. And celebrate your summer in style ms marvel and obi-wan going strong on disney plus we love them maybe we'll cover them on a patreon episode or a little mini episode in the future if you're enjoying it write us let us know what you think um we're very excited about it but for today we've got a new film to get into yeah and our research of course comes from wikipedia imdb rotten tomatoes and disney.fandom.com cute Alrighty, as I mentioned, Clancy, what are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about Ch- 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 Chip and Dale. Rescue Rangers. Yes. It was released May 20th, 2022. Um, we previously, like, we had an episode drop that day. We don't get screeners. We were going to do this. Yeah. You're all caught up. Um, just some quick background into what the franchise is before we get into the film. Okay. It originally premiered on the Disney Channel March 4th, 1989. Mm -hmm. Continued in September with the two-hour special, Rescue Rangers to the Rescue, which was later divided into five parts to air as part of the weekday run, with the final episode airing November 19th, 1990. The series entered national syndication in September of 1989 when it aired afternoons uh, along following DuckTales on the network that would become Fox before transferring. And from 1990 to 1993, reruns were aired as a part of the Disney afternoon. Which also included Tailspin for a bit, and I think Bonkers for a bit. Oh my Um, God, Bonkers. Totally nuts. Let's go Bonkers. And then Chip and Dale themselves, of course, two chipmunks who started detective agency rescue rangers along with their friends, Gadget, Hackwrench, Monterey Jack and Zipper. Mm-hmm. Um, they deal with crimes that are, quote, too small for the police to handle, usually with other animals as their clients, um, et cetera, et cetera. The gang frequently finds themselves going up against two particular arch villains, mafia style, tabby cat, fat cat and mad scientist Norton Nimnal, who both sort of cameo at different points in this film. Yeah. So now, you know who the rescue rangers are prior to this film yeah now this film is directed by the lonely islands akiva schaefer it runs for 97 minutes screenplay was by dan gregor and doug mand yeah and then for the cast we've got john mulaney as chip andy samberg as dale kiki lane as ellie steckler will arnett as sweet pete eric banna as monterey jack fula borg as uh dj Herzogenrock. I'm not even going to try to correct you on this one because who knows? Only Flew Laborg could get through that name smoothly. <laughs> For sure. Dennis Haysbert as Zipper. Uh, He's Keegan- the guy from the Allstate commercial. Yes. And we, it, oh my <laughs> Instantly God. Instantly, the minute he spoke, we were like, wait a minute. Oh my God. 
Tegan Michael Key as Bjornsson the Cheesemonger. Tress McNeil as Gadget Hackett Wrench. Uh, Tim Robinson as Ugly Sonic. And Seth Rogen as Bob the Viking Dwarf, Pumbaa from the 2019 version of The Lion King, Master Mantis from the Kung Fu Panda Trilogy, and B.O.B. from Monsters vs. Aliens. Oh, and J.K. Simmons as Captain S. Putty. Yes. All right. Now, there are a bevy of cameos. So that, many. That are voiced by very important people. Yes. Um, that are difficult to mention all at once without this becoming a four-hour episode. Absolutely. So I'm going to link the Disney.Fandom.com page that runs through all of them. Oh, yeah. In case you want to do that research yourself. We'll mention a few as they sort of came up to us. The bit, the stars. But if you're looking yes. for an exhaustive list of all the Easter eggs in this film, honey, you got to go to another podcast because we nobody got time for that. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, you could just go to this website. You could, you yes, that's to, literally what yeah, I just yeah. said. For well, you said to another do. podcast. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is that's what I told them to do. But if they want a more in-depth analysis from people who are speaking, they're going to have to find it somewhere else because that ain't us. Oh, absolutely. That's not what we're here for. Absolutely. We're going to point you to the thing to go read. Mm-hmm. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are. Because honestly, that's not what you're here for. You're not no. here for that. Mm-mm. You're here for the goofery. You you're here for here the, goopery the goopery and the chicanery and the uh, Bilbo Bagginsery. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going and with any of this. RuPaul and flip flops. All right, let's do this. Anything to note before we get started? Any thoughts? Do you want to talk briefly about your history with Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Other than like, uh, you know, I, I I watched it growing up. Um, I was a big fan of the Disney Afternoon. It also included gummy bears. Yeah, yeah. There for was a little while. There was a. There, that was definitely Grandpa a Gummy makes of, a cameo in the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it also being on Fox was one of those things where yeah. we did get to see it because um, we didn't have cable for a lot of growing up. Um, yeah, same. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love Chip and Dale. I, I don't have any like things that are like that stand out as as like, wow, I really love Chip and Dale other than. Like Chip oh and no, anytime I was in trouble as a child, I would go outside and start calling for Chip and Dale, hoping that they would come rescue. Oh, yeah, I was that kid. Oh, good. I was <laughs> I had siblings, but I was youngest by at least nine years. Yeah. Uh, well, Barry's three, four years older than me. Math is hard. Point Math is, is hard. I spent a lot of time alone as a kid. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, get right, into that's it. It's fine. Okay. world co-populated by humans and cartoon characters, Chip and Dale meet in elementary school and become best friends, later relocating to Hollywood and eventually starring in the successful television series Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. When Dale gets his own show, Double O Dale, the two have a falling out leading to both shows cancellation. 30 years later, Chip is a successful but disillusioned insurance salesman while Dale spends most of his time on the fan convention circuit. The two are contacted by their old co-star Monterey Jack, who owes money to the Criminal Valley gang due to his stinky cheese addiction and is worried about being bootlegged to pay off his debt. Later that night, the two are informed that Monty has been kidnapped. At Monty's apartment, the pair meet police captain Putty and officer Ellie Steckler. The latter reveals herself to be a big Rescue Rangers fan, and with the police's hands tied, she suggests Chip and Dale investigate on their own. So the film opens standard Walt Disney castle, and then we get pew, 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 
lasers and parts of it change. Yeah. We find out later, of course, that this is uh, the bootleg machine yeah. uh, that's impacting the logo. But that was kind of neat. We get the Frozen Castle. We get the Aladdin Castle. Yeah. And a couple others besides. I, I will say that, like, we, we start off in, like, 1982. Yes. Um, which Josh did some exhaustive math research to figure out, like, does it make sense them being in the third grade? It in doesn't. This, and it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. So they took some artistic license. With the uh, time frame. With and the time I'm frame. a fucking stickler for shit like that. If you're going to tell me they were in third grade in 1982, then they could not have been starring in this show as post high school adults in 1990. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry, they say early 90s, but that show actually started airing in March of 1989. Don't come for me, Andy Sandberg. You got this shit wrong. And that is my husband. And, and, and that's not plus. Thanks everybody for coming. No, I'm <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I immediately was like, wait a minute. And it distracted me for like the well, first because it five was, minutes. It was so movie. specific. They could have just said like the eighties or whatever. You it, know what else was so specific? That tiny ass lunch table in the middle of the cafeteria that both of them are sitting at every normal sized person would have crunched that fucking table to splinters. Yes. And bonkers. Unless people are totally just nuts. a lot more cognizant of the things around them. I and guess also maybe. the, fact that like there's effectively an ada for cartoon creatures of different sizes sure to make sure that everything sort of is compatible i guess this world is interesting it's basically it like what the roger rabbit world would look like nowadays it very specifically is a spiritual successor to who framed roger rabbit that's that was mentioned in an interview or two yeah i'd like to know what nina west thinks about this movie if she's seen it yet oh for sure um, although there's it's definitely not any sort of like sex pots like Jessica Rabbit to identify with as a young queer individual. But I digress. Absolutely. Um, and if you s- haven't listened to our episode with Nina West go back on, and listen. on Roger Rabbit, please go so back good. and listen. It's such a fun time. Um, they went to school with a Transformer. That's funny. Yes. <laughs> he was in the audience of the talent show. Yes, I saw that. And again, like, look, we could spend literally hours going through all of the Easter eggs in this film. I'm, we're just going to call out the ones that we thought were amusing. Absolutely. But I, I think the world building really is what like sort of solidifies this. That, like these characters built this show or whatever and like at their big party the yeah. dj the djs are paula abdul and mc scat cat yes so fucking bananas good. and it and again, I just I just really love how playful this world is. And like it is. It, it's just it's kind of fun to explore like what if all these characters were real? How do they actually exist in today's society? Yes. It's but rad. I will say the off kilter math at the beginning set me off on such a tear that I think I'm gonna need to rewatch this stoned out of my gourd to truly enjoy it. Absolutely. My my first note here is that I think I'm gonna like this. <laughs> So if that's going to be, I mean, where, where we're going with this, like, cause I, I, I think it's super cute. I think it's, I think the, the, the thing is great. The only real stain that I have is John Mulaney. Sure. You mentioned the world building. And I do think that like the Dale being on the convention circuit is, is absolutely like it, it makes sense for, um, you know, actors, uh, who are trying to continue, uh, making, a, making money off of previous work like you said like yeah for STLV sure. is a big thing in las vegas absolutely and, and it like 
Famke Janssen was in one episode of Star Trek and she still goes to Star Trek conventions because people want to see her. Absolutely. So like, I love that that's the angle that they took for Dale. I will say, though, that this portrayal of Lumiere and the idea that he would need to get money off of a convention is an affront to the memory of Jerry Orbach. But your followers, they believe the crowd is for you? Of course they do, Lumiere. And pretty soon, that crowd is going to be for me. <laughs> yeah, Dale, I'm going to be up on that stage, too, right beside you. Yes, Ugly Sonic, that's the spirit. And they'll like me for who I am. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, there Disney's were- still making money off of Lumiere. <laughs> I could walk into a gift shop right now they and buy a Lumiere fucking They literally light. made reference to the Lion King movie, which there was a Beauty and the Beast movie that Lumiere was in. Right. So come on now, come on, come, come on, on now. If you're, yeah, you're yeah. going to stick to the world building, if you're going to bring building. in CG Pumbaa, then why isn't Lumiere CG Lumiere a yes. la the live action? Come on now. Yes. Yes. Come yes. on. We get introduced to a couple of characters here. First, Tigra, who I fucking love. Yes. Uh, that was absolutely delightful. And also ugly sonic oh my god ugly sonic oh my god ugly sonic this this you know originally they were going to try to use jar jar binks for that okay (laughs) i uh, same same effect but i think that ugly sonic just scratches this itch for me that's just like absolutely like let's get so fucking meta about something and then they zoom in on those teeth and it's just it's so good they didn't get bill murray to be blue yeah honestly i would have to imagine that he probably turned it down, but I mean, come on, John Goodman's in the Disney stable, trot him out to do this voice. Yeah. For because sure. all that looked like was a, the only reason I knew that was blue is because they told me it was blue. He didn't sound like blue at all. Yeah. And, and honestly, the bear looked a little bit even more generic than the blue in the jungle book. Right. And I was just kind of like, uh, that's weird. I did love that chips insurance company was called coercive insurance. <laughs> That was amusing, and you only catch it real quick on the letterhead. Yeah, it's just, yeah it, that's super, super cute. Uh, as he's walking home from work, I was actually, you mentioned, you were like, oh my God, the AirPods. I'm glad they actually had them in his ears because not infrequently when animated characters with non-human ears have on headphones or something, yeah. they're placed on their head where a human's ears would be and not actually in their ears. Yes, which on first sight, yeah, it's a little unsettling to see these 3D AirPods inside mm. this 2D uh, chip, which is super cute. There's something about, I can't, they didn't really do a whole lot of it in Roger Rabbit, but one of the things that now upon reflection, I think I really did appreciate about the integration of this tune slash human world yeah. is how apparently seamless structures that are the different tune size coexist with human structure. Like Chip's house is in a regular old LA neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It just, it looked neat. That this is said, what I'm talking about with the ADA compliance. Like they are literally, <laughs> they are literally like making infrastructure for all shapes and sizes. You say that, but how on earth does Chip's dog get in and out of his house, much less not destroy anything? Flounder's disappearance marks the Oh, get over here. Oh, there's my widow girl. You've been cooped up all day? Okay, okay. You must be hungry. 
You have to have a really, really good dog. Or a really big doggy door. Or a really big doggy <laughs> door. But also, how does he get the dog food into the house and, like, put there's, all of that dog food in his roof? Well, there's that. Wait, I think it's probably like a dump truck situation into Got it. the So into he, the pays attic. Some, he pays, like, an Uber. He must uh, do. Uh, uh, f- Fiverr or Favor, whatever the fuck that is. Sure. Comes over and is like, please. And John Mulaney was, please put this in my roof, you know? And then. Is that supposed to be John Mulaney? I don't know. Bless your heart. I, I don't really care. I, that's fine. <laughs> I just, I, I thought it was funny. It is. Um, we get to Monterey Jack's apartment and he's very much, uh, I would say this is a bit more of a washed up actor situation. Yes. He is surrounded by relics of his fame in a very yeah. dated apartment situation. But I will say there are two pieces of art in his apartment, his condo, whatever mm-hmm. that I would love to own. One is the pop art um, Warhol version of his face that's yeah, above the bar. I did see And that. the other is the uh, Nagel-esque print of Gadget. Oh my God, that How was so lovely fucking with good. That with the neon on it? Yes. Mm, We've so mentioned fun. Nagel prints on this show before. Because I think my parents owned, owned them. Owned so many of <laughs> them. And then didn't make any money off we them. Were, and they are worth something now. Y'all, we were in the gay um, resale shop in Long Beach, yeah. across from Lola's, down by the art theater, and there was an original Nagel on the wall, and it was selling for like $800? Yeah. They Bananas. Could, they, they could have made good money, and they had like four of them. Yeah. It was nonsense. It's also wild that your Mormon parents owned Nagel. Well, this is before they were Mormon. Like, you know, <laughs> well, we gotta enough. remember, I wasn't converted until like I was like 10 or 11, so. Well, it, you know what? I will say at least the conversion process didn't look anything like the bootlegging process ah, because absolutely. then you'd have a Snoopy ear. Oh my um, God. Gadget and Zipper have 42 mutant children. <laughs> oh my God. When they said 42. that, I was just like. Like, yeah, she's a mouse or a rat, whatever. Sure, they they procreate a lot. Same with flies. Yeah, but these children were monsters. <laughs> they were monsters, and it was it was absolutely wild. I know gadget and zip. I missed you also. Yeah, how are they doing? Oh, they're great. Forty-two kids and counting. Wow, look at that. That one's got gadget's eyes and zipper's wings, and that one's got her ears and hands. Cute. But also, can you imagine that fly and and her fucking? I don't. Well, I wasn't until you said something. <laughs> Christ. Sorry, everyone. I guess that's what you came here for. That's exactly um, what you came here again for. to the world building is chips walking down the street. Or is it Dale? I forget it. One of them's walking down the street and yeah. we start seeing sort of this, uh, uh, a more integrated, well, like, or rather how integrated these worlds are. Yeah. And we see a billboard for Meryl Streep in Mr. Doubtfire. <laughs> yes. I would watch it. And then you pointed out, you paused and rewound to point out Dobby in a Gucci ad. Yeah, which was just like Gucci or like he was like Dobby was uh, leaning against a wall in like a denim jacket. It was slightly out of focus, but it just said like Gucci on the bottom. And you could tell it was was Dobby. Again, y'all, how dare you? You didn't have to bring him into (laughs) this. You didn't have to. We did. did, For once, I just like to watch a movie and not have to think about that woman. For um, sure. This is the first movie we've watched where I've thought about that woman. So anyway, moving on. It's a joke. It's a joke, people. Um, this is where I had the note. This episode would be four hours long if we stopped to clock all of these references and yes. cameos. There's yes. just no way. Yes. 
There's way too much. And truly, a lot of it's visual. So it's like it's hard to like we can't even drop a fucking clip in. Right. Because it's 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 visual. So we're trying to explain it all. So, yes, we're going to try to keep that to a minimum. But there is really so much in this. And if you enjoy the fucking sight gags. Yeah. Like this movie is for you. And I will say they've managed to. Um, I, I think one of the most impressive things about this film at, is the viewing experience is as integrated as Roger Rabbit was. I oh, feel like sure. a child watching this today could watch both of those movies and be just as um enthralled and sort of like, oh, yes, absolutely. This is a world that could exist because even mm-hmm. Chip and Dale being in the same frame, they, they feel in the world. In ways yeah, the, that the lighting sort of matched, and I was like watching it because I when you would see the lighting bounce off of 3D Dale, Chip would also get a cast of that color, but because he's not 3D, it, there'd just be a it's, hard it's shadow. Just, it's just a hard shadow, but, but it like, works. It does because it makes it feel like there's a manipulation happening, and he's there. I really, but it, it still interacts with his weird physicality, which is uh. Yeah, it's really good. The the other thing was the sock puppet uh, cop, uh, the sock puppet <laughs> cop that just comes into frame. Sorry, sir. Chief, the press are outside waiting for a statement. Do I have anything on my back? Yes, sir. It looks like a Monopoly game piece and Officer O'Hara. Officer, what the? Uh, just want one day where my shirt stays clean. Okay. I had a really visceral reaction when Captain Putty was peeling the yeah, the. the fingerprint fingerprint off off of him with like the cheese grater oh my god it was weird and also speaking of captain putty his frame rate was a stop motion frame rate in this fully live action film so it's a similar thing so wild and it's a similar thing to like what they did in into the spider verse where they were mixing those frame rates different and like it's done well. It's done. It's it, it, it sells it like completely. Yeah. Yes. And that's I mean, this is a completely different soapbox. That's maybe not for this episode. But when people get all harumphy harumphy about animated films and superhero films and whatever and sure. how they're taking over. Look, the technology can give us rad shit like this. And you're not going to see it in fucking on Golden Pond or the English patient. Sure. Where they're doing this wild filmography stuff, or not filmography, but cinematography stuff. Yeah, for sure. Mixing animation styles and frame rates. So let's well, fucking I, enjoy this shit. Absolutely. Well, I mean, there was that movie, like, what was it? A Scanner Darkly that was done yes. uh, with the... It was the rotoscoping, right? Rotoscoping. And they did that over the top. And like, you know, it's a really neat effect. And if you're using that to advance your story, which is what that was doing. Yeah. And what this is doing, I'm totally on board for it. Like, what I'm not in in for is fucking blue people for the sake of just you had to wanted to do something that was 3d and virtual camera and you had to i've still never seen avatar because of how many people told me you have to see it in theaters or else it's not worth it because i didn't see it in theaters and i said well then i guess it's not worth it but you know what we should we should answer that question sometime (laughs) especially because it's coming out soon all right we hear about the valley gang uh and and kind of what that is but then they also show that like you know they were making these bootlegs yes and one of them was the small fish lady and it was flounder (laughs) that was it's when monterey jack is talking about um the process of bootlegging and what happened to flounder yeah because he was on the news in the background as you know being missing or whatever yeah yeah yeah. 
So they kidnap the bloke, erase his mouth so he can't scream, then change him around to try and sneak by the copyright laws and then smuggle him overseas to a black market studio where he will spend the rest of his life being forced to make terrible bootleg movies. Oh, no. Off. The bootleg flounder looks ridiculous. <laughs> it really and that, does. that bootleg of the little mermaid is woof. It really, it really woof. is. Um, well, speaking of bootlegging, shall we move on? Let's do it. All right. Chip and Dale follow a cheesy clue to the wrong side of the tracks where Bjornsson the cheesemonger catches on to their ruse and forcibly takes them to the uncanny valley part of town to meet the gang's leader, Sweet Pete. Realizing they are investigating his bootlegging business, Pete tries to capture the pair, but the chipmunks escape. They later share their discoveries with Ellie, learning that she is shunned by Putty due to acting on a bad tip and raiding the Nickelodeon Junior Studios with negative results. With Ellie's help, the chipmunks sneak into a bathhouse to steal Pete's fitness tracker and trace his movements to a dock warehouse. Though apparently recently abandoned, the group finds a large operating machine designed to alter Toon's bodies, along with several Toon parts, including Monty's mustache. So we're going back. It's before I think they've, or no, it's when they're deciding what to do next. And there's a billboard for Waze, the yeah. movie. I, I feel we had an emoji movie. I feel like we're moments <laughs> away from we, a Waze movie. We are absolutely that close. And also the car that Dale is driving yes. that has been retrofitted with this really long steering wheel and pedals. Yes. And then there's your ADA compliance right there. Chip asked Dale. He's like, he points you know you can get a car that's <laughs> built for us. And he's like, no, I love human things. Okay. Stop singing the song. You know, they make chipmunk sized cars, right? Yeah, but human stuff is the best. Little work done on her and she'll be back to her glory days. Hey, watch out! As the bumper falls off and almost chokes a car's car. The car's car. <laughs> the fucking car's car. That was, I mean, mm, life is a highway. My God. But look, at least if we if we believe in the reality that is this film, yeah. we don't have to worry about the concept of car Jesus. We don't have to worry about that concept. <laughs> because we it was still all just have to worry about how they procreate, but that is what it is. I mean, at the very beginning of this film, there's a car that drops off two little cars at school. Oh, you're right. The bumper cart. Yeah. So okay. somebody puts a fuel line in a tailpipe somewhere. Cute. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Now, I they don't actually say that they're going on the wrong side of the tracks. The way that we get that is that there's a barricade, like a, like a, um, a road barricade, you know, yeah. orange and white. I forget what they're called. You know, a, a dead end sign and spray painted on it is wrong side. Yeah. And they cross over railroad tracks. And it, I thought, again, a visual gag that is perfect. Love it. Yeah. They get to, well, they're, they're going through, um, this, the wrong side of the tracks and, and they yeah. remark that everything kind of looks, you know, hunky dory. Yeah. I do miss the concept of a tune town yeah. from Roger Rabbit, but, um, the, the idea that all of this is a front for whatever sinister dealings are happening mm -hmm. underneath is genius because we get this moment with Bjorns and the cheesemonger who knew a Muppet could look so fucking sinister. Oh yeah, absolutely. The minute his, the minute they clue onto like they ask for stinky cheese, which I guess is contraband in this world, and those eyebrows shoot down and his accent disappears. Hi, Mr. Bjornson. 
Do you have any cheese for sale? Oh, do I have for cheese? <laughs> Let's see. We've got the Munster, the Gouda, the Brie. Do you have any stinky cheese? You cops. Yeah. Oh, I jumped a bit. It's so fun. But also, this uncanny valley. Oh, my God. Can we talk about cats? Well, hold on. So first, they mentioned the Valley. They mentioned the Valley gang. And if you've ever spent any time in L.A. Yeah. Or or have any sort of awareness of L.A. in the general area. For sure. You think, oh, the Valley, the San Fernando Valley. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of, you, that's where the concept of Valley Girl comes from. Mm-hmm. The, the, the neighborhood, the area has a, a vibe and a lore. And people think specific things, regardless of what those things are. When you say the valley. Yeah. When you say that they're filming something or they're doing something in the valley. Yeah. Right. You know, it's a long drive. Sometimes people there are vapid. Sometimes there's nothing to do there. No restaurants. I don't know. Sometimes there's all there's sorts pornography. of pornography. Yes. People there's a say lot, shit. Yeah. A lot That's where all the porn gets filmed. <laughs> this valley is the uncanny valley and <laughs> they show it before they say it. And this is where I love the all of the sight gags, all of the visual Easter eggs, yeah, the yeah. thing that this film does exceptionally well in terms of world building is the showing rather than the telling. Yes. Because they show the uncanny valley and you have the realization before they explain it. Yeah. Because there's that woman walking her dog and she's like just hovering above <laughs> the street. Right. And right. then there's that bald man that gets stuck on the fire hydrant. Yes. And it's like, oh, 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 oh. This place looks weird. Where are we? I think we're in the valley. The uncanny valley. The what? Do you remember that weird animation style in the early 2000s where everything looked real but nothing looked right? Oh yeah, that stuff was creepy. Well, I think this is where they ended up. And then the whole entrance exchange with Seth Rogen's Bob the Viking, who is like <laughs> saying he's got the Polar Express <laughs> eyes, which you absolutely know what that is. We've talked about it. Like it, it's just it's 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 so it's and so just the well idea done. that they intentionally made that character to look like that. Yes, bonkers to me. It's so there's so much artistry in the really creation is. of this film. Like, yeah, for sure, because recreating something like that and and selling it and again, making it seem like it fits in that universe and yet is still uncanny. And and now I'm talking about Uncanny Valley and Eyelines. The Eyelines are all great, except for when they're not supposed to be. Exactly. Which is amazing. Yeah, it's so good. But, you know, again, there I go thinking about cats again in the fucking alley. I'm thinking about cats again and again and again and again and again. It's just so, it's just so done so well. It is in like, right. Yeah. Right there in the alley. It's those people with cat. And I, now we didn't do it then, but I want to go back and look and see if they have their buttholes intact (gasps) because they didn't in the film. No. Which by the way, if there's an Alamo draft house in your area, they're doing a movie party for cats this month. We're going to try to go. You should do it too. Absolutely. We get into this warehouse where Pete has been, or we're, we're, uh, what we're told is that there's all these products. They didn't have to do Shrek body wash that way. There's all these products (laughs) that didn't get sold um, and they're being melted down and repurposed into porta potties, which doesn't he make like the the toy joke that it's like uh, uh, he they're taking toys and making them into toilets. Yes. 
So he turns the toys into toilets. <laughs> wow, that's been staring at me for years and I never pieced it together. <laughs> well, your eyeline's off. That's I mean, why you didn't see it, Bob. It's so referential and it's just, it's smart. It is. It's really, really smart. We meet the villain and I'll talk a little bit about some critical thoughts about this particular villain towards sure. the end. Let's get through this first. But he, he all of you know he's it's it's will arnett as a post pubescent middle-aged with a ponytail peter pan yeah um and at one point he even makes a bangerang reference so i recruited other tunes to star in more movies and bangerang now i run my own bootleg movie studio and i my heart swelled <laughs> yes that's that's not even peter pan that's hook yes um so i i just love it but as he's explaining the bootlegs and what we know about bootlegging in the concept of this film. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that bell beast, both dogs from lady and the tramp and Casper are all sort of sort of in debt addict or something. Yeah. They all got kidnapped, repurposed and are working off their debt. I would say that that is probably my weakest point because like, again, I can understand that like they came up with these gags or like these, uh, puns for, uh, bootleg movies yes, and i also get that they could probably only reference certain characters for sure um although like we i mean we don't get direct warner brothers references as much as you know in who framed roger rabbit sure. but in chips freezer there is foghorn leghorn chicken nuggets yes <laughs> the amount of things that they had to clear for this mm. is i would say even bigger than what wrecked ralph batman versus et yeah <laughs> All of these. And Will Arnett was Batman. Yes, he was. It was so good. I don't know that I believe that Peter would have needed to bootleg himself. I think by then, Peter Pan as a story would have been in the public domain. And the other thing is, too, like, why couldn't he have just taken an eraser and erased his mustache? Or jumped himself into that machine and completely, yeah. Redid himself. Don't scratch too hard, kids. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little shallow in that. In it that. is. Uh, and they don't explicitly say it, but yeah. this this polar bear, what's his name? Jimmy, I think. Is the Coke He's polar a Coke bear. bear. He's a Coca-Cola polar bear, but they don't ever reference it. It's just, the, he's I'm in a Christmas vest. I'm, because they also, there's also a line in, in, in here somewhere about talking about the a soda. A non-specific soda brand. When so I wonder jinx. if Coke didn't clear. Ooh. <laughs> Which is interesting considering the deal that they had, like Disney is a Coke. Disneyland oh, is absolutely. a Coke. Absolutely. They've got literally uh, uh, Batu branded Coke. Yeah. Like you can get like, yeah. Anyways, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, maybe it's just a joke that they couldn't get it cleared, yeah. but they could. I anyways, yeah. I do want to talk about this bathhouse though. The Russian bathhouse. Yes. Is there a Russian bathhouse in LA? Probably. I know there's a bathhouse in LA. Well, sure. But they're talking more about like, what we would consider a Korean spa situation, right? Yes. There's a big pool, there's saunas, there's a snake not getting a massage, he's getting peeled, he's getting shedded. Nice work. You need to stay up on those pipes, out of sight. Yep, on it. Oh, yeah, that feels great, man. Gross. Nope, come on. Yes. <laughs> it was so... For sure. There was also, uh, what's his name from South Park in, in the sauna? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the kids' dads is uh, Stan. It's Stan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that popped up, I was like, who is this movie for? Right? Because all of these references truly 
are not for a younger audience. And, a, and there's a lot of uh, references that are like integral to the story right. that are happening that kids would not get. So I feel like this really isn't aimed towards it when they're back at Dale's or sorry. Uh, yeah. When they're back at Dale's house, they open up beers and they, they're, they're all drinking yeah. beer. I guess. Yeah. It it's is technically PG. rated PG for mild action and rude su- slash suggestive humor. I would say that it's more than suggestive in some cases. No, it, it really, it's really interesting because again, this really isn't geared towards, I think this is geared towards us. I yeah, think this that's is geared towards people like that that are like 25 to 40. But I can't imagine sitting down there. and watching this with your child who a child, you know, 10 ish years old is sure. where you're probably going to sit down and watch. At, at my age, I would have been asking my parents about every sight gag. What's Lego Miserables mean? Yeah, I would have been asking about everything. I I can't see how parents can sit and enjoy unless, this movie unless kids. this is for that demographic where it's like it's the 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 older teen that is into nostalgia. Yeah, but it's like it's such a specific uh, demographic. Like again, it's it's really interesting. Like I'm having trouble figuring it out. Again, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So obviously they got to somebody that did. I will say when we get into Dale's garage and he's kept all this paraphernalia. A I don't think there was a Chippendale Pog set. I probably would have owned it, but. Oh, come on, Chip. Look at all this cool stuff. Like this is the limited edition Rescue Rangers Pog set. You know, this turned into a real collectible because someone noticed that one of the clouds behind Monterey Jack looked exactly like Oprah. Wow. So cool. I know, right? Unfortunately, I only have 11 of the 12. I'm missing the main one of all of us together. B, yeah. that Nintendo game was tough as shit. I'll tell you. I got to the end. I got to Fat Cat multiple times, but I couldn't fucking beat Fat Cat. He's a pain in the ass I mean, to you beat. You know I can pull that up on my 3DS now that it's it's hacked. I think we've got it on one of... Oh, no, we've got the, Ninten- we've got the Nintendo. It's either on the, the little Nintendo or it's on the, the Switch service. Oh, yeah. I've seen it somewhere playable, or maybe I just saw an emulator. I don't know. Anyways. Point is... That game was almost as a as much a pain in the ass as Battletoads was. <laughs> but we get into this warehouse where all, we see evidence of all of these people who've been bootlegged. Yeah. What did Jimmy Neutron do? Oh, my God. What did Sora do? They didn't have to do Sora dirty like that. No, you see he's Sora's, literally getting a new, a new game. Right. And his hair's up in this plastic yeah. bag. Oh, poor Sora. We I can to- understand Jimmy Neutron. His, his animation style... <laughs> Uh, aged out quick. Yeah, fair. But yeah, they come out of the warehouse and the cops are there and there's all this evidence and yada, yada, yada. And there's one reporter who herself appears to be from the uncanny Valley because she's 3d in the old red and blue <laughs> sense. Yeah. She's got that red and blue haze around her. With this factory shut down, how does it feel to have made the city safer for tunes? All right, come on, leave them alone. No question. Come on, guys. Get out of here. Hey, Chip, why this newbie here? Captain Putty, Captain Putty, black and white news. Why is there a lot of chewing gum on your back? Oh, come on. Gross. Now that's just going to be a part of me forever. She was literally difficult to look at. She was really, and it was like the in-your-face reporter. It was it bonkers. It was bonkers. I almost wanted to go grab, like, because I'm pretty sure I have We've some somewhere. glasses somewhere. I'm pretty sure it would have worked. Yeah. All right, well, shall we move on? We shall. Okay. At the police station, the pair realizes either Putty or Ellie is working with Sweet Pete. Remembering Ugly Sonic's FBI connection, 
Chippendale head to FanCon to ask for help, only to realize Pete and his henchmen tracked them there using Dale's social media posts. A chase ensues, and Chip is caught by Jimmy the Bear and taken to the warehouse. Ellie is also lured there by Putty, who reveals he's part of the Valley Gang and has been covering for Pete, including giving Ellie the false Nick Jr. tip. Sweet Pete has Ellie call Dale to lure him to the warehouse, but Ellie sends a coded message using a Rescue Rangers episode. This is where I had the note that I was going to be mad if the lone black woman in this film was the villain. But spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you now, she's not. And yeah, I was so I thankful was for that. Also concerned because I was. My, they set my it big up. Note was and like, they set it up. The well. police are in on it. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know if I like this now. It's like Chip questions her as a fan and questions how she knows different things. And yeah, that's yeah. where I was like, they better not. This, uh, I can't. Mm-mm. Well, he's got like a map on the wall that has like where it, it like what the Nielsen ratings were in, right. in the original places where it aired. And she said that she was from Albany, New York. And like and apparently it never aired in Albany. And I don't know whether that's true or not. Right. I, I just think that was funny. Uh, but or again, it was, it was it's a misdirection. Good, it's a good red herring. Yeah, it was good misdirection for sure. And uh, honestly, this is low key and okay detective story. It really, really is. The only thing it's missing is a stand in for a gal Friday. Oh, yeah. You know, because when you think about who framed Roger Rabbit, you have Dolores at the bar who's kind of Eddie's gal Friday. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, You know, Ellie doesn't really fit that. No, I guess maybe. No, nope. you were going to say gadget, but it doesn't work. No, because she doesn't come until the end. I was getting sort of girls five Eva vibes <laughs> about the social media posts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. It, all, it fun, feels again, the fun. world building. It feels yeah. legitimate. And I mean, even seeing chip flip the group photo slammer at Dale yeah. triggered a wild <laughs> recovered memory for me where during this time, during the height of rescue Rangers, there were McDonald's happy meal toys yeah. of chip Dale Monterey Jack and gadget. And I distinctly remember one weekend when it was my dad's weekend, going to four different McDonald's and ordering four different Happy Meals to try to get the gadget toy, and I kept getting Monterey Jack. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. You know what I am mad about? The fact that none of those toys were the fucking blimp, because even Gadgets was a car with like a spatula on the back of it. Yeah. Come the fuck on. Oh, these are a treat. Look at them. My God. Look at them. I had Chip. you had so many. I had Chip. And I had Monterey Jack, but I couldn't get Gadget and I couldn't get Dale. So fucking mad. That is, that's really four McDonald's. Four McDonald's. Four McDonald's. I mean, you know why, right? Wait, yeah, it's the whole scarcity thing. They it's only send out what... two and then they. God, I can't go down to McDonald's Happy Meal toy. Yeah, yeah let's close this. Oh, bitch. those two. <gasps> so as they're working all of this out, and I think it's when Chip is questioning Ellie, they pass a bus, stay, a bus stop, a bench that's got a political ad. Where not only is Butthead, as in Beavis and Butthead's Butthead, running for re-election, he has been elected as a senator. Yes. And he's going to crack down on bootlegging. Yeah. Does that make him a liberal? I mean, I... Because he's I, trying I, to I, protect I IP so. rights? I don't know. Is In this universe, is Butthead the one going to bat to extend Disney's copyright over Mickey Mouse? <laughs> oh my God, yes. That, I mean, that's, that's what comes to mind. So... They leave the police station because they're pretty sure someone's a dirty cop because they smell Monterey Jack's Rescue Rangers clone, which smells like almond butter and gasoline. gasoline. That's a visceral. So visceral. And they get back to the convention. That's when they're going to ask uh, Ugly Sonic for help. 
Yes, Ugly Sonic, his ear is hilarious, but do you have a contact at the FBI? Because we have some highly dangerous and classified information for them. Yeah, of course. I know tons of people at the FBI. I'm making a TV show with them. Look, we really need your help, but we don't have a lot of time. Oh, you want me to go fast? <laughs> That's Sonic's thing. Ugly Sonic goes slow, baby. <laughs> so you're not going to help us? And this was terrifying to watch the way they zoom in on his teeth <laughs> as yes. he's saying slow. Oh my God. Baby. My God. Absolute nonsense. Now, as we're running through this convention, this is they, where the visual chased. gags become audio gags because my, there are too many to include. There, there really, really are. The He-Man table. Hey, there's something down there. There's nothing down there, you boob. You walk around with no pants long enough and you start to notice every breeze. You boob. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I was just like, this is absolutely perfect because this is exactly what would happen. It's wild it's, that they let Skeletor call He-Man a boob that often on TV. Just that. But the, that's how they... Hook that. Oh, God, it was just. And then we I think we alluded to it earlier, but all of the Seth Rogen animated characters, animated characters piling on because they managed to escape Bob. They they trip him up on that scaffolding and he falls down onto Pumbaa's convention table. And then yeah. it's all of the other voices Seth Rogen has done with the exception of Sausage Party, which is probably fine. What are you looking at? Honestly, your weird dead eyes. <laughs> they are weird. <laughs> Super weird. <laughs> so funny. It, yeah, it was just such a goofy little moment. It really, really was. They're getting chased out by Billy since Bob, Billy, Jimmy. Yes. Um, since, you know, Bob gets tangled up with a warthog, a blobby alien and a praying mantis. Yes. Um, I've definitely had a cigarette at the door that they come out of from oh, the yeah. LA convention center. It's absolutely. The LA right convention there. Center. Yeah. It's, it's just down the road from the hotel fig. <laughs> it's right outside the Staples center. I know exactly where they are, which was curious to me again, as someone who has helped run more than one convention in the LA convention center, that most of that convention was literally in the entryway of the convention center. Yeah. I think maybe because there was just more light there. I mean, it's a, it's the more interesting part of the LA convention center. Once you get inside, it's just a big well, square. No, area. you're right. Once you get inside, you have to pay for lighting. Yeah. It was probably much more cheaper for them to set up that convention and do day shoots than to do a full lighting rig. Cause like, yeah. again, referencing Ms. Marvel, the Avengers con scene, a lot of work went into producing those oh, scenes. Absolutely. So much shit that they had to put up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it is, is weird that they the would weirdest insider baseball we've ever done. For sure. <laughs> and generally you would want to be able to shoot in a place where you don't have to worry about the light changing. We're talking about the LA convention. It's not like there's going to be a whole lot of clouds running over those glass ceilings. That's going to fuck up the lighting as no, long no, as no. they're filming between for the sure. hours of like noon and five. But again, it's, it's a convention center or especially an entrance to a convention center that is very well known. Yeah. Like I can't think of any other convention center except for maybe like the Moscone convention center in San, in, uh, in San Francisco. Sure. That's like, uh, that has a, a distinct look. Mm, the Javits, but you've never been there. Fair enough. But like, although you know what they've demolished the hangar, the airplane mm. hangar. And I think it's different. I don't know. I haven't been there in ages. Well, the Long Beach convention center is also featured in a lot of stuff. So too. many things. Yeah. It, 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 it takes the place of the Vegas Convention Center in Hacks. I that's got right. so mad about that. I was like, that's not that. We used to that's live Long 10 Beach. blocks from there. 
My God. Also, Hacks is amazing if you haven't seen it. Yeah, that. go watch it. Yeah. Um, as, you know, uh, Chip gets captured and Pete's going to, you know, do whatever he's going to do to him. Yeah. He opens his little kit of torture devices. There's a bottle of dip. And I thought that was a nice touch. Oh, I didn't see that. Yep. That's super fun. He also made this uh, reference while he's doing. He's like, you're going to like the way you look. I, I guarantee, guarantee it. it. Chip, I want to do something extra special for you. How would you feel about playing your old character, but with feet for ears and a dog snout where your tail should be? Okay, honest feedback, that sounds terrible. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. You'll never get away with this. The men's warehouse reference? Yeah, I think I will. Okay. <laughs> so, it's so good because we both looked at each other and was like, this is too much. And then he says, what, you mean the men's warehouse reference? And it was just like, oh, my God. It fixed it. It's so good. I wonder if that was one of those situations where they pitched in the room and said, no, that's going to be too much. And then they said, well, no, if we acknowledge it, it'll be fine. Yes. Because it it is. And it's fine. It it is. They did it. And yeah, this is where we find out that it's actually Putty and not Ellie. Captain Putty. I breathed a sigh of relief. Yes, for sure. I was like, I'm glad that they went this way. It absolutely makes sense. And also, J.K. Simmons is a great villain. He is. Into it. Absolutely. All right. Shall we wrap this mother up? Uh, We shall. All righty. Realizing Ellie is in trouble, Dale contacts Gadget and Zipper for help infiltrating the warehouse. Flying in on a firework from the old Rescue Ranger blimp, Dale crashes into the bootlegger before Chip can be fully altered. The machine goes haywire, transforming Jimmy into a fairy and Pete into a giant amalgamation of various tunes. Ellie chases and fights off Putty as Pete chases Chip and Dale through the warehouse slash bootleg studio. The chipmunks lure Pete to the docks and trap him as Ugly Sonic arrives with the FBI. Sweet Pete fires one last shot at Chip, but Dale takes the hit. Thinking he's dead, Chip laments their falling out before Dale awakens. The golden pog Chip gave him having taken the cannonball hit. Chipmunks free all the bootleg tunes, including Monty, and Dale introduces the rescue rangers to Ellie, who decides to open her own detective agency. As the team departs, Dale convinces them to film a rescue rangers reboot, which is later released to great success. So yeah, Ellie gives him a clue using... A very specific Rescue Rangers episode. Yeah. Which is great because now we get sort of confirmation that she is, in fact, a fan and hasn't been making this up for all sure. Along. Yeah. And but the way I made the note here and they resolve it later, I don't know why I thought that they wouldn't. But the way that Chip draws the conclusion from the clue that she gives him is bonkers. Something it about is high really- food. Oh, focus, Dale. Come on. Ellie is sending a message, but what? Your little friends would never dream of leaving you hanging here, would they? All right, think, Dale, think. Gadget is stuck in a lantern. Lanterns provide light by using fire. Fire is really cool, but also really dangerous. Someone is in a dangerous situation. Like that time I dropped a bowling ball on my toe. Ellie has 10 toes, and she probably likes Thai food. Ellie is tied up and in danger, and Chip is with her. It was Putty working with Sweet Pete the whole time. I cracked it. Our homecoming, guys. Really way off, and then suddenly exactly right. Yes. It's, it, again, it's, it's really, it's super, super fun. Um, so then he goes to Gadget and Zipper who apparently he has kept in touch with and has also sent independent scripts. Yeah, she says movies. they can't they can't fund any more of his independent films. Honey, someone's doing a cool pose in the driveway. <laughs> Excuse me. Hello, Charles. 
The sight of you lights my heart aglow. Rangers, I need your help. We love you, bud, but we just can't invest in any more of your independent movies. What? No, I'm not here for that. I'm here for something very important. It's so delightful. And for a second, I was like, has has Dale been doing porn? This. <laughs> but then he says, this. It's a good script. Um, I yeah, I don't know. But it, um, it's just it's such a fun thing to like think that like they were keeping up in that capacity, and she was again genuinely like I, I can't do any more right. independent scripts though. Yes, yeah. This is also in that transition where we see Gadget for the first time. I yeah. love the reveal, a. Mm-hmm. But this is where I had the note that I was really enjoying the way that they were remixing the old song into these. Um, orchestrations oh, yeah. for the film because all of the transitional music, all of the atmospheric uh, atmospheric music, it's orchestrations mm-hmm. is just uh, sort of rehashes of the original theme song, and I yeah, loved it's got it. the melody sort of yes. like reimagined in the orchestra. It's 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 really really good. And to that point, it's also where I had another note about really this is going to take too long if we clip each of these reference jokes. At, absolutely. I totally missed that the firework that Dale y- grabbed for this purpose was one of the park fireworks. Cause back in his garage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has a box of Disney parks fireworks. <laughs> and then when it goes in and explodes, you hear the music and you see the Mickey mouse in the ba, 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 just bananas. It's so much fun. But yeah, Pete's head gets turned into fat cat, a 3d fat cat, which is the villain. One of the villains from yeah, the yeah, cartoon yeah. wreck it. Ralph's arm. And a Mario cannon? <laughs> and a Mario cannon. And, but also Woody's leg. Woody's leg, a transformer yeah. leg. Did I mention that? Yes. Um, yeah, because the boot with the like, fold in the denim. <laughs> it's and so... he, he's like, I'm going to smash things. Which and as he's a... walking, you hear like the... <laughs> and then and the, the, the spur of the boot. It's just, it's so, so much fun. well done. And they realize that they're filming the bootlegs in this warehouse because as they're running, they're <laughs> crashing through all of these sets. <laughs> And one of the first ones they go through is a filming of Pooge the Fat Honey Bear. Yeah. What's funny about this, I don't know if it was the case when this was filmed, but Winnie the Pooh is in the public domain now. Oh, absolutely. There was recently announced as a result of Pooh going into the public domain, a film called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey, which as IGN says is a nightmare reimagining of the beloved bear. Look at this. Oh no. Look at this. Is I'll this link- real? This is real because he's in the public domain now. Like how horrifying. We'll link this IGN story in the like look at that. Look at that. Does that not look like Pooge the honey bear? <laughs> no, it it absolutely <laughs> does. Anyway, I just thought that that was uh, as as a visual gag, I thought it was very on point given yeah, this blood and honey horror film that's happening. Absolutely. They also crashed through a a uh, bootleg Simpsons where. What did Bart and Homer get up to that they need this kind of money? But also Bart yells out, I Puchenga. Where are we? Moo, mama. Pooge the fat honey bear. <laughs> Two words, chipmunk soup. I guess they were making the bootleg movies here the whole time, ah. not overseas. I pachanga. <laughs> it's just, it's so fun. It's so delightful. Wait, and as as this chase is happening, and also there's a knockoff of Aladdin being filmed with Pete, as in Mickey's 
not this Pete, but Mickey's villain Pete. Yes. Um, as Aladdin. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to film it, and there's clearly puppets, and then uh this, you know, uh fucking what is his name? Big Pete, fat Pete, bully Pete. What is his name? <laughs> there's too many Pete, sweet Pete. Sweet Pete. Busts through, and there's a banner that was supposed to be for the Aladdin bootleg, and it falls on him a la Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> it's so many layers. It's so good. It is. And as this is happening, like we said, Ellie and Putty are kind of having a fight. Yes. This fight's terrifying. It really is. But it's of so good looking. So well done. But now I want to see a horror movie where there are like Gumby like villains attacking humans because. Like all as he's slapping her face, I'm like, all he has to do is go up in her nose and she's choked. And then when he's seeping under the door, it just it creeped me yeah, out. No, she he could literally go inside her and expand yeah. and like blow her up. Mm. Like it would be. Mm, yeah. Well, and then she freezes Nightmare him fuel. and With breaks her- him. And I thought for a second, is this not technically murder? But then he ends up in prison. Well, because he thaws out. Yeah, I guess. Right? So, yeah. But still, I was just like, oh, shit, that cop just killed yeah. somebody. I also really, really enjoyed when Chip and Dale are at the end of that pier and Dale says, oh. you can hit me with the pipe. He goes to hit Chip with the pipe this yes. time because it's always the reverse. Yes. And then it cuts to a birdhouse. Oh, come on, Harold. It's the middle of the night. Just ignore it. We've been through this, Eileen. It's my job. Do not ruffle me right now. How delightful. So good. It's so fun. Completely oh unnecessary, but so good. Because and it's such a it's such a, a stark, like all of this action's happening, and then we just cut to that. A it's wild just, not yeah. it's a non sequitur that it they really spend is. time animating that itself calls back to the opening of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Cut! Cut, 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 cut! What the hell was wrong with that take? Nothing with you, baby Herman. You were great. You were perfect. You were better than perfect. This is Roger. He keeps blowing his lines. Roger, what's this? A tweeting bird. A tweeting bird. So good. Uh. After Dale took the cannonball uh, to the body, the first thing I thought as he's laying there on the floor, well, First thing I thought was, holy shit, that is a Mario cannon because that looks like a bullet bill. It is. Except it's a cannonball bill. Yeah. But all I could think was, damn, Dale's teeth look like chiclets. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They look like. They looked really shiny. Like so as good. he was sitting there laying, I was like, wow, that actually, like, that's that looks. A, that's a mint flavored chiclet yeah, right there. For sure. <laughs> but then, so yeah, all of this happens. Ugly Sonic arrives with the FBI. They release the bootlegged characters. And my goodness, the horror show that comes out of that container. Oh, right. We get the swole turtle. The turtle from Robin Hood, who we've referenced before, is suddenly six foot tall and swole Swole. as fuck. Yeah, I'd let him get it. There's a weird inverse Care Bear situation. Yes. And then I've been referencing him the whole time. Bonkers the Bobcat from, is he a Bobcat? Bonkers from the Bonkers cartoon, which was also in Disney Afternoons as a walrus. What did Bonkers get into? <laughs> I know, right? It's Poor just, Bonkers! It's so, it's so much fun. Like, just, again, all of these obscure There's references. There's a snork in the background. Do you remember the snorks? No, what are the snorks? Play along with the snorks. Sing along with the snorks. Happy we'll be living under the sea. Come along with the snorks. If you could breathe. 
So it was kind of the Smurfs, but underwater. Okay. We might have discussed this on the show before, too. But I think this is actually like I think the Snorks literally predate you as a human. Okay. Yeah, and I mean that's how it it wraps up as their um their you know gadget comes out and makes fun of Monty's ears, which are now huge because he got dumboed. Yeah, which is adorable. Ellie, and he can even fly around with. Yes, them. Ellie geeks out because she's so excited to meet the whole crew. Croc, I'd cry if I didn't raise my tear ducts. To err is human. To forgive, divine. Sometimes I can't tell what you guys like more, eating nuts or driving us nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to do one of these laughs with you guys. How long does it last? The worse the joke, the longer the laugh. (laughs) Oh, it feels like a lot of my humor when you think about it. Yeah. Um, And that's how it wraps up. We get... This post credit scene that's sort of showing the after success of, um, you know, the reboot, which uh, co-starred Vin Diesel. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We get a clip of something called Fuzzy Fights, which is Muppets fighting in a fight club. I would watch that. Absolutely. And there's also a clip of a bootleg Matilda fully loaded. Matilda fully loaded. Yes, absolutely. And we get the Darkwing sort of mid credit scene. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the Rescue Rangers. Yes, we want Darkwing. We want Darkwing. Say it with me. We want Darkwing. What a load of malarkey. He's in the DuckTales reboot. Yeah. Gizmoduck is too. They just need to actually do it. I want the sequel to this movie to be a Darkwing Duck centered movie. I I don't need Chip and Dale again. I I need this universe, but Darkwing Duck. I don't need Darkwing in this universe. I need Darkwing in his universe. In the same way we got a DuckTales reboot, I want a Darkwing Duck reboot. Oh, I get what you're saying. I don't need this for Darkwing Duck. That wouldn't make any damn sense. (laughs) Afternoon Fight Fest is a video game. Like Disney Afternoon is a Smash Brothers style game. Sign me up. Yes. Because they're already doing that um, multiverses game. Oh, yes. Which which has Batman and Shaggy and Arya Stark. And yeah, I'm going to play that. There's a lot. Give me the Disney version. Give me the Disney Afternoon version of Smash Brothers and I'm here for it. Yeah. All right. Per use with Disney Plus originals, hard to say about budget and what it made, but the estimate is that this was made for about 70 million. Which is impressive. It is. When you think about, again, all of the artistry that goes into the yeah. creation of this. But a lot of that also, like a lot of the budgets go into a lot of uh uh licensing. Like well, not <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> well, yes, that, but also like promoting it and things like that like sure there's not as much that is needed to do here since this is going directly to disney to plus. disney plus yeah so but still critics and audiences are about equal on it critics are 82 audiences 81 yeah um christy puchko at mashable did not like it she said beyond paling in comparison to who frame roger rabbit chippendale rescue rangers attempt at commemorating on animations missteps feel safe and stale as all of their references are already well-worn punchlines. Yes, it is a, it's not an attempt at commentating. It is a, it is commentating. It's fully meta. Yeah. It's more meta than Roger Rabbit was. All right, Christy. And Uh, I think it, it succeeds in what it's trying to do. I think maybe Christy wanted it to be more Roger Rabbit than it, I guess, than the movie wanted to be. I don't know. 
Anyways, I enjoyed it. David Sims uh, from The Atlantic also enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, he said this movie works mostly because through its weird tricks of animation and self-referentiality, it somehow finds a fresh satirical angle. Agreed. Agreed. I'm with him on this. Yeah. Allison Wilmore of Vulture says it is, after all, still a Disney movie, even mm-hmm. if it takes a perverse pleasure in playing around with Disney's vast catalog of characters. For sure. Sure. But again, as we said a little bit more adult than I think either of us expected it to be. Absolutely. It definitely wasn't again. I, I I find it hard for a kid to find the things in this funny. The visual references, at least Mr. Doubtfire with Meryl Streep. Who's going to get no, that? No, no idea. No 10 year old's going to get that. Yeah. Um, viewers. What's up? My B gave it five stars six oh days ago. God saying Chippendale rescue Rangers is not your ordinary reboot featuring a menagerie of cameos and references. The film has way better comparison to the TV series. All uh, right. Okay. Uh, sure. Was up maybe Trey M gave it one and a half stars, uh, saying the voice acting felt like they mailed it in. Most, uh, of the rest was pretty much whatever check or sorry, all the check out what IP we own cameos were pretty lame. But I also can see how people might like that. Trey, you're mistaken. They don't own all these. They got a lot of licensing with this, Trey. Maybe check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. Before you go on the internet and start spewing this these lies. Marco B gave it three and a half stars. A cute film that brings that 90s nostalgia back, but also seems to be in the same universe as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, albeit in a PG sort of way. Very, very cute. Sure. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, to the point of Sweet Pete. The thing that folks were critical about was that the actual voice actor mm-hmm. for Peter Pan, Bobby Driscoll, mm-hmm. Disney, he had been a Disney player, you know, in the contract system. Oh. And after he hit puberty, they kind of tossed him to the curb and his life fell into decline afterwards, leading to his death from heart failure caused by drug use at the age of 31 in 1968. Oofa. So choosing Peter Pan specifically to sort of give us this washed up child actor well, he he's yeah basically what this he is the, the quintessential version of this yeah so it felt uh insensitive at best for some folks that that they used a peter pan amalgam for this it's yeah but um the director did say that for the film's villain they wanted to play on that idea of child actors that weren't able to continue as adults but that it wasn't their intent to make fun of anyone specifically probably as a result of that criticism i can see i there's the argument that either it's an insensitive parallel to draw yeah, or they weren't aware of what actually happened to that actor. And then again, that's only if you're actually scratching beneath the surface of it. And I, I don't know. It's, it's up in the I'm air trying to for think of, me yeah. whether or not I should feel bad about that. Cause I do feel bad about what happened to Bobby Driscoll, but I don't know that that necessarily has any bearing on this. Does that make me insensitive? I guess. I mean, it also. You guess it makes me insensitive? No, 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 no. No, I, I, I'm agreeing <laughs> with you. Like, it's. Touchy, if nothing It else. is touchy. It's sort of poor taste, for sure. But, yeah. like, you're clearly doing research. Right. But maybe not so much because Josh, again, at the top, pointed out that there's no way that they could have graduated high school and started making Fair. this if it were actually happening in, in the real time. I so. feel like they could have made it um, Alice. And probably sidestepped the direct parallel. Yeah. But then you wouldn't have, unless you, unless it would have been Will Arnett, which would have been that much funnier as Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Oh my God. I don't know. With a, with like a, yeah, uh, a deeper, like almost like Harvey Firestein, like doing that sort of voice. 
<laughs> as Alice. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have for this. Uh, again, I think I need okay. to be stoned out of my gourd to fully enjoy this film. Yes. Um, because I was being way too nitpicky from the jump, but also that's kind of what we do here. <laughs> for sure. And, and, and I will say that, like, okay, so I didn't, I A, wasn't pr- privy to the knowledge about the the Peter Pan stuff right and, and 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 again you had drawn some conclusions about the the timing seemed weird sure with specifically calling out 1982 in a giant title card and then it not really making sense to be in 1982 when it could have been at any time this is also why I try to be as unspoiled on things that I haven't watched because I if I hadn't have put these notes together the way that I did ahead of time. I probably yeah. wouldn't have been thinking about it. But. Yeah, for sure. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. I mean, the only real stain that I had on it was John Mulaney, and that is what it is. Otherwise, th- this was a fun, cute movie, and I-, I had a good time watching it. Yeah, I wouldn't say no to watching it again sometime either. Absolutely not. All righty. Patreon is back, baby. We're doing content. Yes. Um, We're swapping off us and roll nine and three quarters. We have made the brave decision to watch is it brave to watch courageous it's certainly courageous yes for our next few episodes we might have to double them up because i don't know if i can do it eight times but we'll see uh, how the inhumans marvel's the inhumans it's on disney plus the only eight episodes that exist for it and of course we're doing it because um uh, uh, because of black bolt but i don't want to if somebody hasn't seen some things i don't want to suffice it to say um sure. we're watching the inhumans on patreon so you don't have to uh, yeah. go to patreon.com slash making mischief to hear what we have to say about that um but as we were saying at the top about ms marvel they're doing much better character and world building in that show in than, the first episode like in the, the, then the, the, i feel like they tried at uh, in humans it, hey, it really is bad and you I, have to pay for our opinion on that you you absolutely patreon.com slash making mischief you get access to bonus content from that you get access to bonus content from Roll Nine and Three Quarters, access to our Discord, a whole lot more. Yeah. Patreon. We've got a lot of back stuff on there now do, too. So there's, yes. there's a lot of good content that uh, really, you, if you, I think we've only surfaced a couple of it on our and on in our yeah. main feed. So yeah, so yeah, Patreon.com/slash/MakingMischief. Where can they find us on social media, Clancy? They can hit us up at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at nonplusspod. Yes. And if you want to reach out, send us an email. You want to suggest something for us to watch or you have some feedback for us. You disagree. Whatever. You can email us at submissions at nonplusspod.com. Yeah. And we'll get that and answer. I mean, no one has taken us up on that. Not yet. By all means, send us an email. Yeah, our, our inbox is very empty. Yes. Well, we do, we get. Uh, metrics yeah <laughs> but they don't care they don't care about metrics we were in like the hundred and something spot on the u.s film reviews for a hot second Ooh. yeah and then we fell out yeah um also be sure to rate review subscribe follow on your podcasting platform of preference wherever you're listening to us now if they've got a way for you to let us know how much you like this show do it because it helps please get our numbers up it helps get us into the ears of new folks and of course, always tell your friends we love a little bit of word of mouth. Yeah. Um. All right. My goodness, this was fun. This was fun. This was some of the most fun we've had in a while. Yeah. No. This was this was a good, refreshing kind of movie to get into. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I'm 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 excited to continue. We've got a we've got a good slate of of content that we've scheduled. Again, I feel like we've said it on the show. We are programmed through the end of the year, folks. Yeah. The only thing that might change some things is like you know if. 
something seems a little bit more relevant for one reason or another. If there's something new and we want to pivot, but yeah, yeah we're we're here pivot. for you. pivot. We're here for you through the end of the year at least. So stick around, come back. See, and if you think that what we're doing isn't what you want to hear, like I said, submissions at nonpluspod.com. Let us know what you want us to watch. That over there is my husband, Clancy. Oh, and over there is my husband, Josh. And we have been nonplussed. Nonplussed. Josh and Clancy, nonplussed. We're so fancy. Yeah, I loved that. I did too. That's super cute. Again, I, I always wish that you would... Jump I didn't realize me. that's where you were going, Josh. How could you until not you didn't realize? Get are you, into are you it? kidding me? Are you kidding me? You know me. <sighs> it takes a minute. <laughs> and on that note, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>